Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. Hey guys, welcome to Nature's Edge. Dale Stewart here. Most of you know I've spent nearly four decades exploring the wilds of this planet. Some of you are aware that many years ago people watched film of me taking on Class 5 rapids on some of the wildest and gnarliest rivers to be found. I was also known for paddling my kayak over ever higher waterfalls and then returning for more. One question I was always asked, and, and it's The subject of our show today dealt with fear. People wanted to know, Dale, were you afraid, or how did you overcome fear when you were doing all those crazy things? I gave a lot of thought to this, and uh, I think because of the moment I was in, I never really thought about fear. And many of you may not understand that, but I know our guest will today. Kristen Ulmer is a former professional extreme skier. She's now retired and teaches about fear. She facilitates groups and individuals and an author of the book, The Art of Fear, Why Conquering Fear Won't Work and What to Do Instead. I know Kristen just uh, finished a multi-city tour and screening of a film, Voices of Fear, which really talks about her relationship with fear. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kristen was also named one time as, as the professional most likely to die doing her job. How are you, my friend? Hi, Dale. How are you? Yes, uh-huh. I was voted top ten most likely to die while skiing. Yep, there. <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I knew that. That was it. You doing good? I am doing good, and I'm excited to talk about my favorite subject, which is fear and anxiety. Which anxiety is fear? It's yep. Kind of the same thing. Do you understand? And I and I know you do. Whenever I tell people that it just didn't occur to me to be afraid when I was in those moments? Yes, I do understand. And what that actually is, because nobody's without fear. You know, true, we have this true. amygdala, two almond-shaped nuggets at the top of the spine. It's a manufacturing plant for fear. It's part of our brains. And all input is run through this primary filter first. And if there's a perceived threat, it'll send a shot of discomfort in your body, into your body called fear. And uh, to the amygdala, though, everything is a perceived threat. So fear is with us every single moment of every single day in every single interaction we have. And then if you're doing risky stuff, it's there even more. And the risky stuff could be sports. It could be starting your own business, you know, asking a girl out, falling in love. All of it is risky to be a make a love. But the, the difference between people that don't feel fear and the people that do feel fear is very simple. If you merge with a fear and have some part of you, and this is probably all under your radar, you embrace the fear, it doesn't show up like fear. It shows up as excitement or presence or focus. If you have resistance to the fear, then it shows up like we know to be fear. And in fact, that awful feeling we associate with fear isn't fear at all. That's our resistance to fear. Yes. 
That's, uh, it, you know, I'm often asked, and, and I hope you have an answer for this. People ask me all the time to define fear. Have, do you have a good definition? Fear is a sensation of discomfort that's in your body. If it's showing up in your thoughts or showing up as a story or a fear of something, like a, fe- like a fear of snakes or fear of failure, um, then that usually is a sign that uh, you're not dealing with your fear in an honest way and it hijacks your mind and runs its agenda in your thoughts. But the simplest way of looking at fear is it's supposed to be, it's an emotion, right? right? A sensation of discomfort in your body and that's all. And if it's not showing up that way, then something's gone wrong. And why do you think, at least in my experience and, and some other uh, extreme athletes that I've talked to, why do you think that we in those moments when I was about to go over a 60-foot waterfall, that I really did not feel fear? Well, again, what you're, you are feeling fear. Okay. But fear and excitement neurochemically are exactly the same thing. Got it. You felt excitement. That's your fear. Yeah, okay. You, know, you felt present and focused and, and in a state of intuition and instinct. That's your fear. So you do feel fear. We have to understand that that's what happens when you are willing to feel fear, when you're choosing to feel fear, when, you know, the, the fear just has a really bad stigma. But again, the awful feeling is the resistance to the fear. And so you're not feeling resistance to the fear, which is the awful feeling, but you are feeling fear, which is the excitement. If you didn't feel fear, Dale, you would be bored out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. You know, it, it was... But, you know, it like like you were saying, you know, in that moment, it was the excitement. I mean, it was the rush of, of fixing to do and doing what I was doing. Well, where does that come from? If there's no fear, there's no rush. There's no <laughs> adrenaline, no norepinephrine, nor none of that. Cortisol, like all those feel-good and, you know, chemicals that, like, bring you alive, you felt alive, right? That's your fear. You know, if you didn't feel fear, you wouldn't feel alive. You wouldn't feel pr- present. You know, you won't feel excitement. None of that. So you are feeling fear, but you have a healthier relationship with fear than most people. Well, that's why you're the expert. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, tell us a little about The Art of Fear, your book. Um, It's it's an amazing book, and and, um, thank you for sending me a copy of it right after it was published. I guess it's been out, what, almost a year now or not quite a year? A little over a year, and it basically gives a complete description and definition for why we have such fear and anxiety-based problems in our culture today. Like, it, it explains exactly where anxiety disorders come from, PTSD, panic attacks, depression, um, insomnia, monkey mind, which are all tied to the way that we deal with fear. And then also explains irrational fear or that sensation of awfulness that we associate with fear. Where does that all come from? Because a lot of treatment, like doctors and psychologists, they'll treat your symptoms of having these problems, but they'll never get a definition of why you have these problems. So I provide a definition in this book. Like, if you ever wonder why you feel emotionally crummy, read this book. You'll find out exactly why. And then that's the first half of the book. The whole second half of the book is what to do instead of what we've been doing around these anxiety and fear problems um, because what we're doing so clearly hasn't worked. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed about the book is is it's really, you know, you don't go into a lot of the, the neuroscience and a lot of the, 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 
the uh, pseudo-scientific uh, stuff that, that many people talk about when it comes to fear. I mean, it, it, it's a great book, and it's well-written. Well, thank you. I mean, there's a, a little bit of science in there just to help people understand the fear process, but studying the science of fear and, you know, all the chemicals that get released and hooking your brain up to electrodes, you know, it's really inter- interesting information, but it's a tremendous amount of effort. You have to be a genius or hire a genius to only decipher a few minor details. It's like trying to understand fear is like trying to understand the universe. And just because you know that your brain lights up on a computer screen when you're giving a speech, you know, like the, the like lights up purple when, you know, your your uh, amygdala doesn't actually help you feel less fear when you give the speech, you know. So it's essentially useless information, all this science. Um, you know, we need to deal with our emotions, not intellectually anymore. And that includes talking and thinking about them with a shrink. Like whenever we have an emotional problem, that's the first thing that we think to do is go to a psychologist. You know, anything that keeps us in our heads talking and thinking about our fear or trying to understand our anxiety um, is not going to ever solve it. It's just going to actually exacerbate the problem, which is that we're dealing with our emotions intellectually instead of dealing with our emotions emotionally. Yeah, and and it seems that th- th- most people out there today think that they've got to learn to repress fear or or learn to to deal with fear in in some crazy way. And uh, I don't find that works in my world, and I, I I know you don't find it works in your world to repress it. Correct? Yes, and nobody would ever think that repressing fear is a good idea, but. When we try to rationalize it away, when we can conquer it or overcome it, when we let it go, all of this it actually leads to the repression of fear. Um, like letting go of fear, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our biology. You know, we like to think that it works. It's like we can breathe it out into the air like we breathe out CO2, but actually fear is an emotion and uh, it's not like CO2. It's more like trying to breathe out your blood or your arms or your legs. Like it, it, There's a placebo effect for sure, and you feel better when you do breathing exercises to let go of fear because you're you know, having a present moment. Your body is saturated with oxygen. But I think most people would admit to themselves that nobody's ever let go of fear. Right? Yeah, yeah. It just gives you a temporary moment of feeling free from it. Um, like let's say you're about to give a speech and you're like freaking out. You know, and then what do you do? You take deep breaths, and then you rationalize, I've got this, I'm totally prepared, they're going to love me. Like, all these things that we do to feel better in that moment uh, work. You know, that's why we do them, and that's why they're taught, actually, by almost every fear and anxiety expert out there besides me, right? Because they seem to work. And you feel better, and you go and give a speech, and you get through it, but you've actually only succeeded in repressing your fear temporarily, and it is going to come back and haunt you. And the next time you give a speech, it's going to be worse. And it's going to be harder to do. And the next time after that, and the next time after that, until eventually, after five years of this, it's like, I can't take it anymore. I'm not going to give any more speeches. They're too stressful. So the, these me- methods and um, things that we do to feel better in the moment actually cause long-term problems. And we've got to come up with a different way. And that's what I came up with in The Art of Fear. And I also have a lot of content on my website that help people deal with that fear and anxiety in a new way that they've never considered before that doesn't cause long-term problems. Yeah, 
Kristen, is depression a form of fear? Depression is not a form of fear. Depression is Latin for press down, which yeah. is when you press down your emotions and you don't want to deal with them. You know, you lock them in the basement and throw away the key. And fear is one of them. Like, we don't want to deal with fear, or we don't want to deal with anger, we don't want to deal with sadness, we don't want to deal with anything that's unpleasant. So we lock it in the basement, they become depressed, these emotions, and thus so too do you. So the actual uh, depression is actually something that I address quite a bit in my book, where the solution for depression right now is to take medication, which will lock all of your emotions that you won't deal with, you know, in concrete 10 feet below the basement door. It'll medicate them away so you don't have to deal with these emotions. But the alternative to medita- medication is to actually turn towards the thing that you won't look at and learn how to have an honest, considerate relationship with those emotions, learn how to feel them, you know, deal with them emotionally instead of talk and think about them with a therapist, and learn how to be in flow with your emotions, you know, which is what I teach, and then depression lifts, and it actually lifts pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, something else along that same um a line is uh, deals with, you know, I've had people tell me, particularly after they've had a, a, a tragic uh, incident happen in their life, whether it's a death of a loved one or something like that, they talk about becoming numb. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, could you talk about that a little bit? Sort of, hey, there's got to be consequences to doing that, but maybe not. Oh, absolutely. You could get stuck in that numb state forever. And there's a payoff for going numb. You don't have to deal with your emotions. And it's actually part of your physiological response to a trauma. You know, you temporarily go numb. It's, it's kind of the same as when you go through an injury, you don't feel pain for a moment, you know, because it's just a way for you to regroup. And it's the same thing with emotions. You go numb for a moment because it's a way to not have to regroup. But then people try to stay numb, you know, and they start drinking because yeah. they've gone through a trauma or because, uh, you know, a death of a loved one. And, like, take PTSD, for example. Two different people can go through through the same trauma. One gets PTSD, one doesn't. What's the difference? You know, somebody can also go numb after that, um, which is a different form of uh, PTSD or PTS. Um, There's many different ways that we can react, like getting mugged at gunpoint, right? Sure. Somebody comes home, they just go numb, and they just think that the world's a horrible place, and it changes their personality, and they just feel dead inside. Or somebody becomes traumatized. They don't want to leave the house. They have nightmares. You know, anytime they they go out, they worry it's going to happen again. And then somebody else comes home and is like, oh, my God, we got mugged at gunpoint, and they, you know, can't wait to talk about it with all their friends, and it's like the most interesting thing that's happened to them all year. Now, the the difference between these three types of people is how you deal with these subsequent emotions that come after the trauma. So if you don't want to deal with them, if you go numb, that's one way. If you lock them in the basement, that results in PTS or PTSD. Um, but if you kind of are in flow with your emotions, it'll be the most interesting thing that happens to you all year, and you'll talk about it, you know, as as something that lights you up forever. So... Just how you deal with emotions, I, I actually say that how you deal with emotions is the most important kind of personal work that you can ever do. And I also say that because fear is such a primal emotion that your relationship with fear 
is the most important relationship of your life because it really determines how you live your life and how um, easily you can roll with inevitable trauma that comes your way because life is like that. Yeah. You know, we're all going to go through traumatic experiences. It's important to learn how to flow with the emotions that come from them or else you could get stuck in that kind of resistant pattern forever. What are some of the, uh, Kristen, what are some of the other things that repressing fear leads to in your daily life? Uh, burnout? Absolutely, burnout. Um, burnout comes, burnout's a funny one. It either comes from not enough fear in your life, like if you're just in the same relentless job day after day, you've done it a million times, you just, you're not taking enough risk, you're not stepping out of your comfort zone enough. You basically don't have enough fear in your life, right? Yeah, right. Um, AKA risk, AKA talent, AKA opportunities for learning and growing. So that's one form of burnout. Another form of burnout is if you're maybe in a challenging job or if you have a challenging life or you're doing big things but you're repressing fear in order to do them, in order to have this kind of feeling of fearlessness. There's two ways to get to fearlessness, either the complete merging and intimacy with fear, then it won't feel like fear, or you can get to a mostly false sense of fearlessness by blocking the fear out or repressing it or resisting it or rationalizing it away. And you're basically fighting a war with fear, and after 10 years of that, you're just burned out. Like, you feel like you're burnt out on the job, um, or you feel like you're burnt out on maybe the relationship or just life itself. But really, you're burnt out from fighting a war with fear that's being carried out in your unconscious mind that is just taxing all your resources. And that's what is becoming exhausting. Yeah, it, it, it seemed, and I, and I know, uh, I believe I read uh, this in the book, that the, the more you try to control anything, the more out of control it, it becomes or you become. In other words, emotional intelligence yeah. is seen as our ability to intellectually understand our emotions exactly. and control our emotions, which is madness to me. You know, there's whole books written about this. They're bestsellers. Like, we're not supposed to be thinking about our emotions. We're supposed to be feeling our emotions. We're not supposed to be trying to control our emotions. We're supposed to be kind of flowing with our emotions and having them move us and help us come alive. So my definition of emotional intelligence is actually our ability to feel our emotions in an honest way and have them help us come alive. Because what's the definition of insanity? Yeah, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. Yeah. So our current approach to emotions and what we're taught to do with them is only resulting in worse and worse anxiety problems. I mean, we're the United States of anxiety. If we keep this up, doing all these things, pretty soon we're all going to be medicated. Like what we're being taught to do regarding our emotions is not working. And you ask some of the other problems that come from repressing fear, um, insomnia, you know, because sure. that undealt with fear will hijack your mind in the middle of the night and run its agenda in a loop in your thoughts. Um, panic attacks, which are becoming a bigger, and pro bigger problem. Irrational fear comes from the repression of emotion. Um, like, like imagine fear like a child that's being abused and locked in the basement. That child will not be denied. It will start screaming and yelling in order to get your attention and coming out in irrational ways. Um, it will come out as anxiety disorders, panic attacks, like I mentioned. All of these things, PTSD, 
depression, all of these are the result of what we're taught to do about fear. So what I'm saying, yes, is the treatment for fear and anxiety is actually the cause of all these problems. We've got to stop doing the same thing over and over again. We're not going to get different results. This problem is only going to get worse and worse until we start to redefine emotional intelligence and start to deal with our fear, our anger, our sadness emotionally instead of intellectually. Cousin, we have about two minutes left, and I did want to—I did want you to just mention a little bit about uh, about the film "Voices of Fear" that that uh, you guys have just kind of completed a, I guess, a, a little screening tour with. Yeah, absolutely. So, big picture, my book, "The Art of Fear," great resource. I have a website, kristenolma.com. I have a PTSD course um, that'll permanently break you free from that problem, chronic anxiety a course for that, and a course for uh, fear of failure. And I also work with people live, privately, all of that. But I also have a fear that just, uh, a movie that just came out about fear called Voices of Fear, where I interviewed 25 different, very famous extreme athletes and explored their relationship with fear with them. And I found that, like myself during my ski career, they had no clue what their relationship with fear was. Like even Alex Hunold, who I interviewed for 90 minutes, only on the subject of fear. Yeah. If you know who he is, he climbed El Cap without ropes. Absolutely. Like he has no clue what's going on in his undercurrent. Like his, he has no clue what his relationship is with fear. But I helped him dissect it, and we made a movie about it. It's touring the country right now, Voices of Fear. You can find out more about it. Um, I'm sure you'll put a link up. We will. By Montage Productions. Great. Kristen, my friend, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And, uh, gosh, there's so much more we need to talk about. We're going to have to have you back. Or even better, uh, gosh, I need to, Nature's Edge needs to bring you to Asheville, North Carolina. Would love that, Dale. And just as a final, if you have a fear or anxiety problem, you do not have to suffer anymore knowing what we know now. There are resources available. Absolutely, my friend. Again, Kristen, thank you. And this is Dale Stewart. You have been listening to Nature's Edge, and I will see you in the wild. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.